Welcome to Three Thoughts On. This is Rafael, and today I am excited to talk about fascia and connective tissue with New York Times best-selling author and the creator of the MELT method, Sue Hitzman. This is a topic that is dear to my heart. When I met Sue eight years ago on a flight from Orlando to New York City, I was resigned to the fact that I was going to live with back pain for the rest of my life. Well, Sue taught me otherwise. She invited me to her studio. I experienced a fascia therapy session, and she taught me exercises I could do daily in less than 10 minutes that could help me keep the pain away. And the pain stayed away for seven months, which was unheard of for me. The pain only came back because I was feeling so great that I stopped doing what she had told me to do. But that's the beauty of her method. As soon as I started following her process again, the pain went away again. The MELT method is a revolutionary yet simple self-treatment technique that helps people get out and stay out of chronic pain. Sue is a nationally recognized educator, manual therapist, exercise physiologist, and founding member of the Fascial Research Society. Sue's methodology has helped close to a quarter of a million people lead a healthy, pain-free life. She has personally trained more than 1,300 professionals from 13 different countries. Her primary goal is to empower people to take charge of their aging process through self-care and healthy living. Fascia health and awareness may not be mainstream today, but it will be someday soon. The number of research papers continues to increase every year, and the number of success stories like mine also continue to increase. Fascia health is something everyone should know and practice, as it can very well be a key factor in disease prevention and well-being. So I encourage you to pay close attention to what Sue has to share, as this could be one thing that could truly improve your quality of life. Without further ado, Sue Hitzman. Welcome to Three Thoughts On. I am very, very excited to be here with Sue Hitzman the creator of the MELT method. Hi, Sue. How are you? I'm very good, Raphael. Thanks for having me today. Well, I'm excited because I've known you for a while and I've been following your work for quite some time. And this particular topic is of importance to me because I feel not only it's changed my life to understand it better, but I also feel like on the other side, most people have no idea what goes on with fascia and connective tissue. So let's start with the first question. What is the fascia and why should we care? Hmm. 
It's a really great question. So the scientific committees that are actually creating the definition of fascia haven't fully solidified a true definition, but the way that they're defining it today is all of the soft collagenous tissue in the human body, including the cells that produce what's defined as the extracellular matrix. So to simplify that for your listeners, fascia is connective tissue. And on a uh, macroscopic or body-wide uh, level, we could think of things, we could cut it up in dissection and talk about cartilage and ligaments and tendons or membranes. And oftentimes we think about fascia as being a wrapper around other structures like muscles. We call it myofascia or your organs. They call it visceral fascia. But fascia on a microscopic level is, is called the extracellular matrix. It's the stuff outside of all of your cells, blood vessels, and nerves that keep your body integrated and connected. So fascia on a global level could be considered an organ, a sensory organ, as well as a system of connectivity. So fascia does a lot for you. It is a three-dimensional fluid-based collagen matrix. So under your skin, this system is completely three-dimensional. There's no separation skin to bone, head to toe. And on a microscopic level, it is the system that keeps your joints stable and gives them shock absorption. It gives your muscle synergy. It keeps cell-to-cell communication thriving, and it helps your nervous system function with efficiency. And what science is starting to reveal is daily living causes a breakdown in the fluid perfusion of fascia, and that causes symptoms that lots of us feel all the time, like the sense of joint stiffness or ache in spaces like our neck or low back. Um, or when we wake up in the morning, we feel as stiff as a dried out sponge left out overnight on your kitchen sink. If anybody's felt that, that's your fascia talking to you and saying, hey, it needs a little, it needs to move, it needs to juice up and get hydrated again. So that's very interesting. I'll throw a couple of things at you and see, get your reaction. As you know, my, my father is, is an MD uh, out in Panama. And um, I remember a few years, I remember when I met you, I, a couple of days after I called him to tell him about my experience, you know, when you, you, you manipulated, you know, my, my tissue and, and took away my pain. And, and he listened and, intently. And he said, you know, when I went to med school in the 60s, we were taught that connective tissue was just, or fascia in this case, was just dead tissue. Um, and it's interesting that now it looks dead because it's dead after you cut somebody open. It wasn't dead before you cut the person open, right? It was there doing its thing. But it was it's so interesting. I don't know that there's that many things in the human body that went from that one end of the spectrum where no one's paying attention to it and they're just cutting through it in whichever way they can to the advances that we've done so far where people are becoming more and more aware of it. At least in the scientific community, you see practices like gyrotonics, gyrokinesis, which are very fascia-oriented. You see people in gym that are fascia, uh, connective tissue savvy or, or versed. And that's only been as of... The last couple of decades, 
Yeah. So there's a couple of things to unpack there. So first, when I was in my master's, uh, we got to the cadavers after the med students. So we saw a very piecemeal body. And really, all you would do with the fascia is chuck it in the bucket to get to the good stuff so that you could see the muscles and the nerves and blood vessels and where the bones were, and origins and insertions. And it gives you a very piecemealed uh, view. And that's what anatomy means, is to cut up. Anatome is to cut up. But the thing about fascia is you need to bring this whole thing back together. And it's it's really because of atomic force microscopy. Uh, there was a man named Dr. J.C. Gumberto who, who was doing flexor tendon reversals. And he was using atomic force microscopy to, to look at this intimate system and trying to hold tendons in place and the glidability of the tissue around it He was like, you can't hold it still. It's constantly adapting and moving. And so he began to stroll under the skin to really understand fascia. And the beauty about collagen is that it is an adaptable system. And the cells of our fascia are like little housekeepers tinkering with the tension compression management that fascia provides to maintain stability. So you're right. I mean, we've known about fascia for centuries. In fact, Vesalius and like in the 1500s, hundreds, they were talking about it. Or if you look at the Vedanta and um, yogic practices, there, there is mention of this tissue or in ancient Chinese uh, practice, they talk about jin and jin yi, the, the life force and the life essence or, or your chi system. I would be so bold to say that your fascia is the chi system. And what, what we're feeling is this vitality of the matrix. So in, um, In fitness, right, you said like all of a sudden it's kind of popular. People talk about myofascia, and everybody's a myofascial expert now. I feel partly responsible for that because when the Melt Method book came out, it was the first of its kind talking about connective tissue, talking about fascia as being a malleable, adaptable system. And all of a sudden, everybody was a fascial expert. It's become very popular. People use the term. It's thrown around. But what you want to remember is that fascias, it layers uh, the superficial fascia, deep fascia, myofascia, visceral fascia, right? It's all the same molecular components when you get when you're looking under a microscope. But if I can cut it with a blade, now I can talk about definable parts. But microscopically, in the late 90s and early 2000s, as we started to use atomic force microscopy, that's where we started to really look at uh, fibroblasts, the cells that produce uh, the collagen in the body. And what now in 2019, um, Dr. Carla Stecco discovered another cell in the body called the fascicyte, which is what creates hyaluronin, which is, helps the layers glide amongst one another. So think about that. 2019, we're f- still discovering new cells in the human body. So we have to know that even medical doctors with the brilliance that they have, they are not fascial experts. They are experts in what they do, and we, we have to honor that and what they do. But this new research is changing the way that surgical procedures are done. Uh, and I think the only community that really has been very focused on fascia is the cosmetic industry because we can inject collagen into the body and stimulate our own collagen synthesis. But what's good news for everybody to know is that you can stimulate collagen synthesis with things like the melt method and breath work and movement. So uh, we don't need to just inject our body to transform our health. Oh, that's fantastic. So I, I was told at one point that 
as I was starting to dig in into the fascia and, and into into its role, is that we are taught in school that you know either the bones or the muscles is what gives us our shape. And then I heard that no, 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 actually that's not the case. It's actually is the fascia that actually puts everything together and what actually gives us the form. Is that accurate or am I off base there? No, that's exactly right. Fascia is the biological fabric to which we are created upon. So, you know, you started out as as a single cell organism, right? And then you multiply, your cells multiply. And what allows that multiplication is your DNA. And DNA is working with fascia. Fascia is kind of the roadmap that gets laid down to create the compartments that other molecules will begin to grow in. So this is sort of complexity theory, right? You know, how we can become a complex being out of very simplistic origins. And fascia really is the biological fabric that we grow within and is the system that allows us to sense and feel the world around us. It actually, our fascia has more sensory or uh, sensory organs and sensory nerves in it than our muscles do. So when you feel like after you work out, perhaps you know, you're feeling muscle ache, uh, I, they call that delayed onset muscle soreness, DOMS. I would call it DOFS, delayed onset fascial soreness. So as your fascia breaks down and and has to rebuild to stabilize and help your muscles to grow, that hurts, right? When when you get injured, healing actually does ache a little bit. So we have to realize that if we're in pain, perhaps it's the body trying to renew our bodies, but it's struggling to get there. And that's why learning how to harness the quality of fascia and stimulate the fascial matrix can in fact help improve your healing process and kind of speed up uh, the process of healing, especially when you have a chronic issue. So it's far more than just tissue, right? It's more of a system. It's a three-dimensional system that is basically layers on top of layers on top of layers wrapped around muscle, wrapped around ligaments, wrapped around bones, wrapped around all the organs. Um, And infused, infused within them. I'm telling you, if you removed all of the organs in your body, you removed all the muscles and everything, you would not only see the compartments, inside the compartment is three-dimensional grid of collagen. So it's not just around a muscle bundle, it's around the spindles, it's around every muscle cell is fascia. So it it is it is everywhere. It's in your eyes, it's in your ears, it's your mouth, it's it, teeth, everything. Those are all connective tissues. Even the dura in your spine is connective tissue. Your bones could be considered a connective tissue, even though we may or may not call it fascia. Some people are in a camp uh, who call bones fascia. Uh, they call it starched fascia. Um, but I would still think it's fascia to me is more the softer tissues of the body. But but in mo- molecule wise, um, there's a lot of uh, continuity in bones and fascia. So it seems like it has multiple jobs, right? So it's, it doesn't o- only give us the shape. It doesn't only um, provide a communication system, you know, through through this, this nerve endings. Um, what else does it do? Oh my gosh, it does so much for you. It keeps your organs tucked back in your belly. Um, It actually helps with your metabolism. It helps with cell transportation and absorption. Uh, You know, when you eat food, it doesn't just like 
explode into your cells. Your body breaks it down into molecules, and these molecules are transported into the extracellular matrix and then absorbed into cells. So fascia is what helps for cell proliferation development, uh, cell, cell synthesis. Uh, it helps with your telomeres. It helps with your DNA. Um, so Fascia really has a relationship to every cell, blood vessel, and nerve in your body. And even inside of your gut, the gut lining is fascia. So when you have leaky gut, you, you have a fascial issue there as well. So fascia is really providing a role, not just in your structural stability. I could actually link fascia to every other system in your body. Your, so, you know, psychological, neurological, chemical, emotional, uh, physical stability. Fascia is the stability system of your body. So it's helping you remain stable on every level, neurological, psychological, emotional, chemical, structural, physical. Fascia plays a role in all of it. Someone once told me that if I wanted to kind of picture fascia in my head, that I should picture it as a... Um, as a three-dimensional Spider-Man suit, right? Yeah. And if you if you could picture that, then as you pull on it on your shoulder, the whole thing pulls everywhere mm-hmm. else, right? Mm-hmm. And that that was a very interesting realization because it 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 made it clear in my mind that sometimes when we experience pain, that maybe the pain the source of the pain is not where the pain is being manifested, right? Because exactly. maybe something happens somewhere else out of my shoulder, but not my lower back hurts. Can you, mm-hmm. is that as a result of how fascia is wrapped around and through everything that we, that that's inside of us? Yeah, I like the, I like that idea of a three-dimensional spider's web. Um, so if you think of a spider's web, you, you can almost sense like those geometric shapes that a spider's web has. And if a fly lands on that web, a spider knows exactly where it is because of the tissue tension change that happens throughout the body-wide spider's web. And that's very similar. So for example, let's say when you were a kid, you broke your right ankle. Right. And then they cast you and you're limping around for many months and that's altering your nervous system and how you move. And so what we adopt are these compensatory patterns. And once you have that, okay, the boots off, you're now going back to playing sports, but the gait pattern change that you had while you were recovering might actually still be there. So your pelvis now might be a little rotated, which is changing the rotation of your upper body. And then two years later, you're like, my right shoulder is bothering me. And you're not thinking that your left ankle sprain had anything to do with this newfound shoulder or neck tension, but it could very, very uh, much have a role in why you feel that pain. And in fact, it happens more often than you think. So what we define fascia as is it's called biotensegrity. And a tensegrity system, this is a term that was uh, defined by Buckminster Fuller, who created these geodome designs. And the difference between traditional building building material where you have continuous compression elements that are stacked atop one another until you have enough compression to hold the building together. Tensegrity architecture has discontinuous compression elements uh, with with a continuous tensional network. So 
if you pull on one side of this tensional system, something else is going to shorten or get pulled as well. So this is why we want to keep the whole system dynamic so that if we do have an injury, it's not causing imbalances very far away from where we have pain. And I'll give you a good analogy of this. I always tell people, if you just suddenly have back pain, don't start taking a tennis ball and jamming it in your back. I always think of the pain areas of our body uh, like a kid crying out for your help, right? If your kid suddenly came up to you screaming for your help, you wouldn't walk up to them and punch them in the face, right? What would you do? You'd get down at their level, you'd calm them down, you tell them that they're safe, every, you're safe, everything is okay now, you'd get information, and then you would take action. But when our bodies are screaming out for our help, what do we do? We take a lacrosse ball and we jam it right into the area that hurts us like we're assaulting the victim. The perpetrator of the, of the compression tension mismanagement caused by the fascial system is the perpetrators are always running away from the scene of the crime. So they're very far away from where you tend to have pain. And that's really the uniqueness, I think, of the MELT method and manual therapy like Rolfing is that you're looking at the body as a, as a whole body system rather than going, oh, you have knee pain, I'm going to look at your knee. We tend to look at the whole body to see if we can reorganize how the nervous system is operating, and we basically use fascia as a vehicle to restore neurological efficiency. So you brought something very interesting, right? That um, you know, take, the, take that ball and then just shove it wherever the pain is. And uh, one thing that I've learned, at least in dealing with my body, as I've become a bit more fascia aware, is that the pressure matters, um, the amount of pressure, and that there's a lot of tools out there and a lot of techniques, at least in my case, I went through, before I met you, through N number of therapists. And I was under the impression that whether, you know, every once in a while I will find a, a good massage therapist that, that wouldn't hurt me. By far, most of them did, right? Mm -hmm. And I just thought that that was what it was supposed to be. I have I had a lower back injury when I was in college, and people are going to work on me, and they're going to do the Swedish and the deep, deep tissue and this and that and whatever. And I was expecting that this just has to hurt so before it gets better. Um, expand on that. You know what? What is your viewpoint on that? So I think that that's a very old way to look at the body. Like we really have to push and press. And listen, it, there is a time and a place for heavy compression techniques. Uh, there's something called myofascial release techniques, and it's a way to restore blood flow to muscle. And it is a very valid concept. It is It, it, it has merit. But when you're doing self-assessment and self-applied uh, 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 methods, most of us don't know what we're doing. So we just tend to iron ourselves like a shirt and we're told, you know, hey, when you find a lumpy area, land on it and you'll dig it out like you'll win an award for inflicting pain. But what I can tell you is fascia, I mean, when I had pain and I started learning about fascia, I had plantar fasciitis was my first diagnosed issue. And I just remember thinking inflamed fascia, plant, plant, fasciitis is inflamed inflammation of fascia. I thought, 
you know, could inflamed fascia cause all this pain in my body? Because at that point it was body wide. And I thought, well, there's no exercise for that, right? And so the idea of fascia is that soft tissue actually likes soft tools. It likes a soft compression because fascia, again, remember what I said, it has a lot of sensory nerves in it. So if we just press really deep, really fast, resistance of fascia is, is, possible, that fascia actually pre-stresses so that you don't injure through pressure anything else in your body. It's just like if you stretch too fast and you feel that high volume of tension, that's actually your body going, dude, you're pulling on something you shouldn't, and it's resisting the uptake of, of length. So if you really want to rehydrate fascia, instead of thinking of releasing it, because I don't really think fascia releases, that's not what it does, but we can move fluid into the system, improve the glidability between the membranous aspects of fascia, where fascia tends to be a little thick or stiffer, so that we get better glidability. This improves neurological efficiency. That's going to help with sensory motor control. That's going to help with muscle contractions, and therefore you will move without pain. Just remember this. Pain is oftentimes your body's way to get your attention, right? The problem is I always kind of associate pain like a fire alarm going off and your toaster's on fire. Most people walk over to the fire alarm and take the batteries out. That's you taking an anti-inflammatory or a pain pill, but your toaster is still on fire. The way melt works and, and the way that I've understood fascia is to see if you can get the entire system more supple and hydrated so that your nervous system feels safe, so that the stress responses come down. This is the on set of healing is to go into what they call a parasympathetic state. When you're in pain, your stress response is high. That's a sympathetic tone. We want to calm the nervous system down and then begin to adopt adaptations in the fluid matrix so that the muscles can go, oh, okay, I've got a safe environment. Now I can move. My joints are safe. Nothing's going to compress. And now I can rebuild my strength again. And that's really the principle of the methodology is to ease pressure in rather than going after the body, sort of give way to transformation instead. So let's talk about a little bit more about that, about how to, how to care for it. Um, so you have people from all walks of life. You have people who've maybe never had a, a major injury. Uh, you have people like me, you know, I have a titanium plate in my ankle, five screws, I've broken both ankles both arms, lower back, multiple surgeries, right? Which I, I learned, you know, if, if you don't have a fascia-informed doctor, it matters how they actually cut through the tissue. Um, and of course, some of these surgeries were in the 70s, some of them were in the 80s, some were in the 90s, some of them were, you know, more recent, right? Um, so you have all this spectrum of, 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 of people that who have fascia a complete, different um, states of health, if you will. How do I even begin to care for it? Well, first, it's becoming aware that you need to treat your fascia, just understanding the role fascia plays and learning about what we call pre-pain signals in melt. Like the problem most people run under is that they either wait for aging to cause pain problems, or we wait for a pain problem to, to realize that our body needs our help. 
So what MELT does is it, it the, there's, we call it the four R's protocol. And the first R of MELT is reconnect. Actually becoming aware of what accumulative stress in your connective tissue system feels like before you have pain is an asset, right? So if I know that my body is misaligning, if I know that there's unnecessary tension and compression in my body, I then can rebalance my nervous system, quiet the stress reflex using the roller or the soft therapy tools, and then rehydrate the connective tissue through gentle compression and tension techniques, and then decompress the spaces of my neck, my low back, my hands and feet, so that I get better performance, better sensory motor control, because my my nervous system is trying to figure out where my joints are in relationship to gravity to keep me moving efficiently. And what we call stuck stress in melt, which is the accumulative tension, tends to live in our joints where fascia is extra durable and supportive. And so for most of us, we get pre-pain signals, which is like, I'll give you one, is like when you sit for long periods of time and then you get up and you feel like you aged 50 years because your joints don't work very well when you first get up. But then you move around and it feels better. And so you forget about it until one or more of your joints or your back or your neck start to get more and more stiff and inflexible. And then you're just constantly feeling a joint is bothering you. And again, if you do what most people do, you just pop an Advil. Remember, that's like taking those batteries out instead of treating the cause. You start getting symptoms that are even more noticeable and completely unrelated to what you would assume fascia. Because again, most people think of fascia and they think joint pain. But all of a sudden, you're starting to feel fatigued in the middle of the afternoon, you have unnecessary weight gain, you're feeling bloated, um, you're having digestive problems. And then for as exhausted as you feel in the day at night, you try to fall asleep, you can't, you're waking up in the middle of the night and you can't fall back asleep. This is showing you that your nervous system is getting inefficient. And if your autonomic nervous system, those parts of your body that support, protect and stabilize you without your voluntary control or conscious awareness become inefficient, now you're really having a problem because not only is it increasing your chances of pain, it is the thing that accelerates our aging process and makes us feel older than we really are. So it, for me, um, the one thing that has helped me, again, you know, I, I keep trying to remember exactly when it was that, that you worked on me. That was seven, eight, nine years ago. And... Um, that began my path of being fascia aware and actually my path of being pain-free. And uh, throughout that time of, you know, fo- you know, follow the work that you do, follow the, um, uh, the research that some, some of the folks that are doing the research out there in different parts of the world. And I've tried a number of different things. And I think for me, the one thing that has worked best is to be, I don't want to say constantly, but frequently moving. I'm moving yes. all the time. I mean, I'm, right now I'm sitting down because I'm here, but this is a stand-up table. So I literally just sat down for this interview, but most of the time I just put this up and I'm standing and I'm in conference calls and I'm stretching and I'm, it's like Novak Djokovic, right? You know, he's stretching and moving all the time, no matter what. And for me, I get up, I do yoga, I do stretches, I do hangs, I do just you know, pelvic health movements, right? Um. Is that um, the best way to keep the connective tissue, the fascia, in health? Or uh, is that one of many ways of keeping it in health? 
I think that's one of the most important things. That's why movement is so important. And we know as we age, we tend to move less. And if you ask older adults why, you know, it oftentimes is pain, but it turns out it's foot pain. And it's also the sense of imbalance and instability. So that you're absolutely correct. You know, when you're sitting for long periods of time, I call it the desk sentence. We're literally sitting ourselves to death in this culture. So getting up every half hour and just standing and doing what they call pandiculation, just like a cat, you know, reaching out and really giving yourself a squeeze and breathing and, um, you know, taking good full breaths, breathing through your nose, um, sipping water frequently, eating water-filled foods, uh, sleeping with an eye mask on because at night that's where cellular repair is dominant. So if you're in pain, everybody knows you have a hard time falling asleep when you're in pain. The pain's actually keeping you up. So, Melting before you go to bed helps us to wind down. It helps the nervous system calm down so we get a more restful night's sleep. So movement, sleep, consistent water intake, I would say that these are probably the three most important things about cellular health. And then fourth to that is quality nutrition to keep your metabolism balanced, blood sugar balanced. This is super important. Um, This helps you with hormones. Fascia has a significant relationship to your hormones and your metabolism, right? Your hormones live in the fascial system. And, And also for your immune health, fascia plays a significant role in immune functions. So if you're feeling exhausted all the time, if you're prone to sickness, you have a fascial health problem that can easily be turned around. And I've had people who have chronic issues, chronic fibromyalgia, lupus, things like this, finally feel better just by taking more active participation using melt because they said everything else just crashed them. They would try to move, they would try to exercise, and then they would be out for five days. Melt is gentle. It's a simple, slow approach that builds the vitality back up in the fascial system to get people back into better health. I think one of the things that I like about how you've, you know, the work that you've done um, that has helped me the most is, is that it's, it's not an overwhelming amount of uh, time investment that is required in order to to feel good, right? Like you do five minutes here, five minutes there, five mm-hmm. minutes there throughout the day, just little things, little things. Mm-hmm. It's not like I'm, I need to go to the gym and lift for, you know, an hour and a half, right? I can, I can, I can move or I can at least be conscious and aware of how I am sitting or how I am walking, walking with intention instead of just throwing your feet one in front of the other, um, sitting with intention, right? Mm-hmm. I tell, I tell my, my, my kids, like, move like a baby, like a baby who just learned how to walk. You can see a baby that's learned how to walk, and they're walking with their back straight. When they bend, they bend at the knees. When they sit, their back is straight, you know, their legs are spread out. Mm-hmm. And and that's all natural. And we forget about it over time as we start sitting in schools and wearing tight clothes, et cetera. And then we forget how to breathe properly. But it seems like it's not that difficult. It's not a massive amount of time investment to just mm-hmm. start paying attention to how we move, how we breathe, how we sit, how we lay down. Would you agree with that? 
It all begins with awareness. The first R of melt is reconnect. Giving yourself permission to go into your body and really sense what you feel is more important than just what you look like. We tend to get very focused on what we see in a mirror, but how do you feel inside of your skin? And learning about, it's a word called interoception and proprioception, the sense of self within my body, is an important thing to learn to harness. Because if I can become more self-aware, I always say self-care is the best health care. If I become more aware at how I'm feeling every day, uh, it's easier for me to maintain my optimal health. And the nice thing about MELT is most of the sequences you can do take about 10 minutes. So you can incorporate this at any point of your day. If you're somebody who exercises, you can do it to prepare yourself or to recover. Uh, if you have pain, we have MELT maps specific to pain, performance, lifestyle, right? So I just feel like if we are a better self-care advocate, we're going to need medication in the pharmaceutical industry much less. I think that the pharmaceutical world sometimes wants to keep us sick because that's what the sick care industry is all about. This is where insurance is making money. So we, we need to empower ourselves to realize that we actually have a lot of control over our future and it starts right here, right now. Don't worry about what happened in the past. Know that it happened, become aware, but be present and don't live it in the past and don't live too far in the future. The more present you are with your body right now, the more you can transform the next few moments of your life. And that's what's important. Just real quick, just for the benefits of the listener, I'll try to, to define those two terms you use and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. So interoception would be like the awareness of what my body is doing inside, you know, like how, how, how I'm breathing, how my heart beats, you know, how my stomach and my gut is processing food. Whereas proprioception will be more like how I'm moving in space. Is that a good definition of those two? Yeah, proprioception is is you and your autonomic aspects knowing where your joints are in relationship to gravity to move you. Interoception is sort of the sense of hunger or if you get butterflies in your stomach when yeah. you're in love or you have a gut instinct or you have a heartfelt emotion. This is interoception, is the sen is this self-awareness of feeling within the body. Excellent. Well, what will be the one thing you want people to remember out of this? out of this session? Well, I would actually say there's three things. Number one, fascia is a renewable resource in your body and learning how to harness and leverage the fluid perfusion of fascia can actually improve every aspect of your health. I would also say I would love for everybody to sip water more frequently eat more water-filled foods and sleep with an eye mask because these, again, are going to help you with your own overall resilience and efficiency. And try to find joy in your life. Laugh each day. Try to get a hug. And no matter how bad you feel in a day, if you're feeling lousy, call somebody that you love and tell them that you love them because if you put your love out there, you're instantaneously going to feel better. And, and you actually transform the frequency of your frequency, your friend's frequency, and the frequency of the universe. So love is really the message here. Love yourself, love the process, no matter what, you know, your, your fascia is rooting for you to, to live an abundant life. You know, the universe loves us. So, so just stay the course. You're going to be fine. Thank you. Sue, can you just share with the people where to find you? 
Sure, you can go to meltmethod.com, M-E-L-T method, uh, and you can find out all about Melt Methods. You could go to YouTube and type in Melt Method and subscribe to our page or Instagram and follow us. And I'm always laying down some type of tip or trick to help you guys learn how to care for your body in a very soft and gentle, loving way. Well, Sue, thank you very much. Sue Hitzman, New York Times bestselling author, and I'm honored to be your friend. Thank you for your time. Hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you.